Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the Well and Good Podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. And this season, we are sharing all of our latest and greatest wellness intel, sponsored by our friends at Plume and Petal, a line of vodka infused with natural flavors and made with you in mind. Hey, glorious listeners, I'm Kate, your host and the general manager here at Well and Good. Welcome to the very first episode of our very first podcast. This isn't a wellness podcast like you know it. No one is going to dictate to you how to live your life. No one is going to say that one style of being well is right while another is wrong. What we are going to do is talk to you about what wellness really means in 2021. And to give a hint, for us, that's a far less restrictive, far more inclusive movement that will truly help carve out space for all of us to be well. So let's dive in. Everything as we know it has changed, and wellness is no exception. The whole world has woken up to the importance of good well-being, but at the same time, it's never been more clear how unattainable this is for so many Americans, and just how much the capital W wellness industry has been built on whiteness, inaccessibility, and widespread cultural appropriation. This industry is now worth a huge $4.5 trillion. So it's making a lot of people super rich. And hey, there is nothing wrong with making money. But shouldn't everyone get to share in the goodness? And for a whole industry built on making people feel their best, shouldn't we all be thinking about how everyone can do just that? In my non-work life, and of course here at Well and Good HQ, I've had a million conversations about what wellness looks like as we enter the second year of the pandemic. It's been a whole entire year of this endless, brutal situation. And I think so many of us, me included, are asking ourselves, what does it really mean for me to be well? On the personal front, I've been asking myself a lot. Is the individualistic, kind of selfish, super privileged version of wellness I was practicing pre-pandemic really how I want to show up in this space and in life? 
So I set on a journey to understand how some of the people I respect most in this space feel about wellness right now, where they see the gaps and problems and how they're reimagining what well-being looks like for them and their communities. You know what we can do is just set an intention to not hide anything anymore. No more hiding. Jessamine Stanley, yogi and best-selling author of Everybody Yoga and Yoke, is truly one of the wisest people I know. Like, I cannot even tell you how much I respect this woman. She's been a truth teller in the wellness industry for the last decade. So I asked her, is wellness broken? Is it all BS? Have we lost wellness to pseudoscience, anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists? So my immediate response was thinking like, damn, that sucks because really wellness is amazing. It's also a necessity for all human beings. And I think that that is probably the biggest change overall that I've seen. It's a very slow shift and it is slow going and we are working on it at this moment. But there is a shift from wellness as a like club sport as a trend toward wellness as a survival tactic. And ultimately, all human beings have to focus on their wellness because our bodies are machines just like anything else that you own. And that to me, wellness is just taking care of your machine and that your machine isn't just an exterior event. Your machine is your internal experience, it's your mental journey, your emotional journey, ultimately your spiritual journey. There's so much about it that comes down to healing deep set wounds. And I think that this old idea of wellness, it's not about healing, it's about like painting over. And so I think we're really moving into this space of wellness being about really trying to take care of yourself Not so that you can like live forever or so that you can be like, look at what a great human I am. Look at the great condition that I'm in. But literally just so you can survive. I call the capital W wellness industry the wealth and wellness industry because that's Mm. what it is. Not about health and wellness. It is about money. And honestly, like that piece of exploitation and extraction is like literally hell on earth. That's Rachel Ricketts. Rachel is a racial justice educator, spiritual activist, and author of the must-read Do Better, Spiritual Activism for Fighting and Healing from White Supremacy, which is exactly what she says the wellness industry needs to do. Black, Indigenous, and people of color have been partaking in wellness for centuries. That Most of the capital W wellness that we're seeing today is actually exploiting and extracting the cultural wellness practices of Black and Indigenous and people of color. And so that part, the appropriation, the exploitation, and the extraction needs to stop intentionally excluding people. And when I say intentional, people are like, well, I didn't mean to exclude. I'm like, okay, but you decided to create a hip hop yoga class that's like 35 US dollars a class. That's very intentionally exclusionary. You can't even, your power and privilege is like so ferocious for you that you can't even understand how that is the case. And fuck um, your intentions, so, someone wise told me. And fuck your intentions, me. exactly. <laughs> I really don't care what your intentions are. You need to, yeah. to feel your impact. Rachel rightly points out that for so many of us pre-pandemic, fast-paced wellness was all about the individual. And, you know, F everyone else. And it was about experiences that were costly and exclusionary. And this often took us further away from people rather than bringing us together. A lot of the wealth and wellness that we partake in is very individualistic. 
that's why this work is so important for us to awaken ourselves to like this acknowledgement of understanding of like who we really are um, and, and what really needs to happen for us to get where we need to be, telling us that we need things outside of ourselves to be well. And that's just not true. That's not real wellness and that's not spiritual or well at all to me. To me, wellness and spirituality are about the things that we can partake in that remind us that we are God or goddess, right? Like that I have all the tools that I need inside of me and it's just a matter of like relearning and coming home to myself and to my heart and to what I already know in my soul to be true. Like to peel back the onions of all of the conditioned bullshit that we've acquired and return to who I really am to who you really are and an understanding and collective and community care like if you decide to and or are forced by the collective to move in a way that isn't appropriative that isn't um, extractive or exploitive what do you have like what do you have and I can say that like black indigenous people of color our wellness practices aren't based on that for one of us to be well we all need to be well The pandemic has proven that many times over, but Rachel isn't telling us to be entirely selfless and not practice things that make us feel great. Of course, we need to still do the things that fill our cup, but we need to do so consciously and not always rely on the external to feed us. Humans are bloody resilient and adaptive. We've got it in us. A lesson Jessamine relearned this past year. My relationship to practicing yoga has evolved dramatically since the start of the pandemic. I feel like every day that I practiced yoga prior to the pandemic was practicing for the pandemic because like I understand my practice now and the necessity of it and the need to constantly return to it every day, every day (laughs) in a way that I I think I hadn't had to understand it before the pandemic. I did get why, but I did not feel the why. And one of the reasons why I think maintaining a yoga practice can feel onerous sometimes is because the postures are provoking all of these emotions inside of you. And they're emotions that come cloaked in physical shit. So like using the example of a pose like chair pose. Inhale, lengthen the spine. Exhale, bend the knees, send the hips back, reach the arms up. Chair pose, beautiful. Inhale. It's a pretty common yoga pose that I think is very challenging. And when you come it's into chair hot. pose, yeah, it's like, it's very much, it's the sort of thing that like you see somebody do it, especially in a picture and you're like, oh yeah, I got that. Yeah, it's no big deal. And then you start practicing it and you're, you're like, oh my God, this is awful. Yeah. Like, why is that Someone's <laughs> like, hold it for five breaths. And I'm like, Literally, you're like I will not. Two breaths that. maximum. Literally. Yeah. And you'll be, and you're like, and you know what? And I'm not coming back to this class either. I don't need any of this. I'm not doing it. And that <laughs> what's coming up is not just that like, yes, core awareness is hard and your thighs burning is hard. And all of these things are really physically arduous, but it's also like what happened at that moment that you said, like, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. Is mm, this the only place mm. that you say that? Or like, is that, is that, and what I found is that it's not the only place that I'm saying that. Like if I, if I yeah. say on the yoga mat, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Why even try? Those are not things I just say there. Those are things that come up in every other part of my life. When I started my yoga practice, I didn't realize that 
the biggest, most important yoga would happen in my life and not on a mat, and that it would require actually looking at and observing, but also accepting things about myself that historically I haven't even wanted to look at. And that through that acceptance, I think there is a space of coming to terms with and just being at peace with. And that is something that I think is accessible to every human being. And it's constantly fluctuating and changing based on what is happening in your life. Fluctuating and changing. Constantly fluctuating and changing. These two words hit me so hard when Jessamine said them. I'd been stuck in a wellness rut. I think so many of us had a life rut even. Doing things because we felt like we were supposed to. Because we'd always done them. Because everyone on Instagram was doing them. But so many of the things I used to think were essential to my well-being were just not. I realized that the non-negotiables for my well-being are not always in a package or a paid-for experience. I feel like the pandemic has certainly opened my eyes to this trial period of what my life would look like if it were a little smaller. And I, I have really relished in that. I'm also saying that with a full acknowledgement of my privilege. That's mother, artist, actress, songstress, entrepreneur, Kristen Bell. She stepped into the wellness scene in her own way with her brands, Happy Dance and Hello Bello, just to name a few. I'm constantly studying and trying to be a better person. I'm pretty adamant about changing the way we think about wellness and self-care and I don't think it should be eventized under any circumstance. Self-care and wellness can be any little pick-me-up throughout your day. It should be accessible to absolutely everyone. It can be asking for help. It can be listening to a podcast. It can be doing a puzzle. It doesn't have to be a product. It just has to live sort of by the mantra that when I am caring for myself, I can better care for those around me. When we were making this episode, I was reminded by Joanna, our excellent pod editor, that wellness is leaving so many people behind. She said to me, we count ourselves out of the game because the game just seems out of reach. It's too expensive. There was too much knowledge needed, too time consuming. That is not a game I want to be part of. So how do I, how do we move forward? How do we be well without causing harm and leaving people out? Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We need to start acknowledging the harm that has taken place and the extraction and exploitation that has taken place and seeking to rectify that harm and making major shifts. That's Rachel again. And that means, as of this moment, supporting the people who have been made most marginalized, those who have been most oppressed. And that is Black, Indigenous, and people of color, queer and trans folks, fat folks, poor folks, you know, dark-skinned folk, and especially the folks who live at the intersection of many of those identities. That's the work that needs to happen. That, to me, is where capital W wellness gets smashed to smithereens. But wellness will never end. Wellness will, when I talk about wellness, because it's, it's my divine birthright to be well. And it's my, my ancestors' divine birthright. And they pass that down to me, you know, like their practices for resilience are practices of wellness. It's how you survive. It's how you find joy. So it just needs to look different. The way that we look at it needs to be totally shifted. Wellness in the past has definitely been a white man's game. It's been about the money that the white man is trying to make and the people that they are trying to control. And now we're shifting to a place more egalitarian, more definitely like a result of the Internet age, but something that is about all of us and not just some of us. After reading Rachel's book, I'm recognizing like, oh yeah, that's a place I can do better. It's been like an education I really wish that I had gotten when I was five years old. As a white woman with power and privilege working within the wellness space, Kristen is thinking a lot about how she plans to show up better. Rachel taught me we should always be spending our privilege, right? So for me, that means money because I'm dramatically overpaid. All actors are, right? So spending my privilege wisely supporting organizations that I believe are helping that are either run by or blessed by women and femmes of color, indigenous people, the LGBTQ community, like all of that, learning from those people, learning to listen. I think it informed me to ask quite a few internal questions about all of the businesses I'm a part of. 69% of our leadership team is women or femmes. And I'm looking around the people that I'm working with and I'm seeing the diversity I want to see, which makes me very happy. In something particular that like the wellness space, like, um, like Happy Dance, one thing I learned from Rachel was that the health and wellness of people of color and women and femmes is the health of a community. So uplifting that. So making sure that our marketing reflects that. You know, in Hello Bello, also making sure that we're listening to our community members of color and saying, what do you need? Everyone in the wellness space is selling something, right? It's just as important for you to be selling an idea that is free to buy as your product, right? So like, you know, with Happy Dance that we started this year, we're selling an idea that if you need you time, we get you. We are a part of that community. Take it, whether it's with our product or not. And I think the pandemic for some people has sort of enlightened them in like, oh yeah, I can control my me time. I can make it for me and because it's now all we have is time. And I think that's really empowering for the consumer and the community. And I think we should stay on that track. 
I spoke a bunch to Rachel, Jessamine and Kristen about what wellness needs to do collectively to be a better, more inclusive space for all. But I was also super curious about what each of them are holding on to for their own well-being and what they'll be taking with them into 2021. Trying to really focus on like, what are the things that I can do for myself? My word for 2021 is embodiment. So what are the things I can undertake to, to be more in my body? And one of the, you know, what a better time to be focusing on embodiment than when like I'm stuck at home, which is and feels like a struggle, but like, yeah, what are the ways that I can create more joy and cultivate more joy for myself and focus on that level of embodiment. So for example, for me, I'm focusing on joy and joy in my body. So like I'm taking online singing lessons get to be in my body and using my voice in it but in a joyful way and in a way that connects me to my ancestors and also just being with the suck being with the, the discomfort this is a really uncomfortable time and a lot of people have zero experience with discomfort especially if you have a lot of power and privilege discomfort yeah. is very foreign to you um so this is a great time to lean into like what comes up for me when i'm uncomfortable and what am I going to do to lean into that and support myself in moving through it, you know, and not having the expectation that comfort is my birthright because it's not. I think that I will hold on to my life being a little smaller. I, I really think that that's something that will stay with me. I've been able to discover all these things about myself, again, just by sitting with myself. And some of it's been through some anxiety and depression for sure. And I'm obviously thankful that I have like my friends and support group to reach out to when I need another person there to help me through something, or I need to, what I call exist with someone where I'm just like, can we just sit on the couch and watch TV or even look at our phones or not talk at all. We just exist together. That calms my anxiety so much. As a society, we lean toward fear Always. That is like the knee-jerk reaction now is to be afraid and to move from a space of fear. But if instead of moving from a space of fear, we move from a space of love and love, ultimately everything is love. And the way that you can understand that, like on a deeper level, is understanding that compassion, compassion that comes from yourself is the way that you can experience love all the time. I really feel like if you can just, if I can encourage someone else to live compassionately and then they are able to bring that message to a larger audience, I just think that that's all that matters. I feel like I'm just trying to ride the waves in the ocean, but I think the problem is that I'm trying to ride the waves and that the best time that I have is when I just get in the water and I just, I just am with the waves. I don't try to fight against them. I'm not trying to breathe the air that was above the water. It's like the ocean is tumultuous right now and we are all in it together. And the more that I can just swim and be swimming and roll over in the waves and just let all that be there, the better. And all of that is application of yoga. So we have this amazing, dreamy, supportive, more fulfilling version of well-being served up by so many smart leaders in this space. 
that's something we can be excited about, right? Like that's something that I want to practice. And maybe that helps us get away from this time where it feels like we're all rolling our eyes a little bit at wellness, even those of us who literally work at a wellness website. I just think that maybe it's time that instead of focusing on wellness as this, I don't know, commodified, stereotyped thing, we can all take a beat, take a breath, maybe take a yoga pose and think about well-being and how great that is and how much we should support each other in the active pursuit of well-being, which by the way is I'm pretty sure how wellness is literally defined in the dictionary. There are many days where I'm like, you really need to meditate or like get on the mat and I don't, right? Like I'm still human. I'm still a soul having a human experience and I you know, F it up all the time. Um, but, but knowing that I have those anchors and can return to them and like do my best to live and embody them as much as I possibly can is what really helps me. We are a global community. And again, my wellness, I can't truly be well until everyone on this planet is well. That's what our wellness needs to look like. That's what like quote unquote industry of wellness needs to look like. How can I spend my power and privilege to help make that the case? Um, that is what I want to see the wellness industry focus on and prioritize. Our dream, more of the well-being, less of the BS. Or as Kristen put it, I would like well-being to become instinctual. I would like it to become a craving inside each and every one of us like food is. I would like people to understand how to not disregard that voice inside your head that's saying, just be with me or listen to me, what I need right now, because that's you and it deserves to be nurtured. And it's gonna look like nothing else that anyone else's nurturing has looked like. You and I happen to like puzzles, that might not be everybody's bag. It's gonna look different for everyone, but it's all about well-being and within their own individuality. And I hope it becomes more instinctual to people. On today's show, you heard from Rachel Ricketts, Jessamine Stanley, and Kristen Bell. You can find links to all of their work and handles in the show notes. This episode was produced by Taylor Camille, Ella Dove, myself, and many other hands at Well and Good. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and follow us today and text to a friend, share us on social. And if you have thoughts or feelings, drop us a line at podcast at wellandgood.com. Mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt Didomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. Special thanks to Jess Friedman, Ali Shaw, Jen Snyder, and Cassie Wolf. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.